It is Thursday the 18th of February 2016 and this is episode 271 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to Digital Outbox. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Chris, your host, and Ian's here as well, as ever. Hello, Ian. Good evening, Chris. Another day, another podcast. Yes, I'm a bit, I'm a bit kind of fluey, snotty, coldy. So, we'll yeah, I'm a dis- disappointed that you haven't got uh, tissues in your nose anymore. Uh, and I'm waiting for our first sneeze. Uh, they've, all, they've all gone. <laughs> they've run out. They've become gunked. My um, bin, my bin was full after a day and a half. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. Uh, right, so uh, because we didn't do a podcast last week, apologies for that. Um, life intervened. The we're slightly longer today, um, but let's crack on through as ever. So we're going to start with a quick um, update on the three story we did last week. Jim emailed in and told us that we maybe hadn't reported the whole story so he's he's gone into a three store and he's not being moved from the cheaper tariff to the more expensive tariff and he's been told that actually it's only users who are abusing um their accounts that will actually be forced onto the higher tariff so um there you go an update to that um fun if you're a three customer and aren't abusing your account yeah so it looks like it's I guess it's the most vocal and the ones that have probably been abusing the most are like up in arms and and the others that maybe aren't as affected and are just getting to keep the plans are like, yay. Either that or three went back on what they'd said because they got the bad press from it and they were Who hoping knows? it was going <laughs> to... That's a bit knows? cynical of me. There we go. Um, Google's also reversed the decision we talked about last week. So they'd um, basically banned a load of ad blockers from their app store last week. Uh, but they've reversed that, certainly in certain situations. Um, they're still not allowing ad blockers on that generically block ads across multiple applications um, at the kind of core API level, but they are going to allow browsers that have built-in ad blocking functionality uh, to be added into the App Store. So they've kind of loosened off and they've let some um, people back in that were initially banned uh, to a much more kind of reasonable stance, I'd say. Uh, so they're not going to allow an, a, a, an app that just generically bo- blocks ads everywhere across the platform, um, but it will allow a, a, a browser there that, that, that blocks ads. And I think that's a much... As you said, it's a much better decision. and much more kind of, I don't know. feels more fair. palatable. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed what a lot, there's a lot more publications now are, are being very, um, very pro ad blocker, sorry, very anti ad blocker. So now just saying, we've, it's not just the message that we've noticed you've got an ad blocker, you know, do you want to turn it off to help us? It's a, you're not seeing this article. You're not seeing this video. Yes. Um, you want to see this video? Turn your ad blocker off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that's and that's where you know this this is like I say a much more gentle approach in that if something is relying on those ads to for for their you know ongoing costs then they're not having a third party who's gaining money just by supplying this ad uh, being able to stop their revenue stream and uh, so it's google is saying that's that's one app interfering with the process of another and and that feels reasonable so yeah i think um and it's and like, it's it. I do think it's challenging. I was going to put in the whole independent shuttering and going online mm. only and all that kind of stuff, and then I couldn't be bothered. Um, but, no, but that did happen, and that's quite sad. And it, and it is, but I think it is that there's, there's a definite change going to come, you know, where there's a lot of, I mean, it's like, a, I guess, the generation growing up now are just see newspapers is probably dead. 
Um, well, to be fair, I haven't bought a newspaper for ages. Uh, you know, so I still I, like the idea of them, but I still haven't bought one for ages. So I, I do, um, but it was now it was now getting to the point I was just really picking up Observer on a Sunday, and I mm. looked at the kind of deals, and I could actually get the digital version of the Guardian Observer for the same price as buying Observer. Yeah. So that's a so it's 140 quid or 150 quid a year I'm now paying, but I get a I get a a digital a digital copy every day delivered, and it actually works. Chalk horror. I pick up my yeah. iPad in the morning, and it's there. Yeah, and but, I mean, say I'm not alone in you know saying not buying newspaper anymore no, as I used not. to. I, I used to on my commute. That's the thing. You see, you know, every time I was going to work, I'd, I'd pick one up to read it on the bus or whatever. So. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore. So. And I think that's the thing. You're a lot of people are a lot more homework and a lot more. You know, it's a different. There's yeah. a different economy we're in now. Yep. Um, Twitter has been bouncing around with uh, whether they're going to make changes to their service. Um, and you know, there's this, this on-off talk about whether they're going to reorder the list of chronological tweets or whether they're going to do, uh, you know, some sort of um, algorithm. Uh, and they've come back this week and said. Basically, first of all, they said they weren't going to change anything. And now they've said, actually, we are going to show you um, what we're going to call your best tweets since the last time you logged on. Not sure how they're yet defined. I think they've said that what defines as best will depend on you as a user. Um, but basically, from the time you last logged on, it will try and show you what it thinks are the most important things. Um, Which is interesting. So the, 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 as, as you know, I've I've been a staunch, leave it alone, I like to see my timeline and I'll use lists or any other things to make, to, to catch up if I want. I still think they've got that challenge of Twitter's hard compared to like a Facebook. Um, and, and what, I think what they're doing is interesting in that there's a kind of missed, the, the, I don't use the main Twitter client. So I never use the website. I don't use the, the, the kind of first party clients. I'm always using Tweetbot. Um, and it's interesting, they added this feature about, uh, it's almost like, you know, a kind of missing feature already where it was like, here's three or four tweets that they think are really important for you that you've missed since you were last mm. here. And that, I don't know, sometimes it was hit and miss. See the few, and I've only tried it a few times, but it felt like you don't know that's important to me. You've just decided, you know, that you're either getting paid a bit of cash to push this because it, was you know, it, was, it wasn't a news item, it was a product type item. You know, and I'm thinking that's not an important tweet to yeah. me. That feels like you're pushing something else. So, so they've switched this on, and I've tried it a few times, and it's not bad. But plus, they've into into they've put it in place in the right way, which is it, it is a, an option that's turned on, but you can go and turn it off. So they've done yeah. it in the right way. They are also saying, and they and they're right that they are trying to make changes towards criticisms that they hear about their platform, and one of them is that if you leave Twitter alone for a couple of days it's daunting and it's impossible to catch up and they don't want you to miss some content and you don't like missing content that you've missed in the meantime. Um, therefore, they're trying to work out a way of doing this. And they and, and he also rightly pointed out that every time they make any sort of change to their service, they get criticised, even if they can see from the data that actually be, it's been a success. So they're kind of getting a bit more relaxed about saying, right, we're going to make this change. We're going to give you the option to turn it off if you want, um, but we're going to do it because we think we're going to be giving a better service. And I think they need to do some of that. I think, you know, if you listen to the the committee of online people, every, every time you try and make a change to anything, the, the chorus of disapproval is 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 deafening. Yes. And and what was quite funny was one of the engineers was talking about this new feature and he said it was one of the first times there was four tweets. We've talked about it. And then he says, I can't believe everybody's reacting like this. 
it was the first time a tweet he had done had really gone almost like mainstream outside his circle of friends. Yeah. And then he was like getting taunts of abuse and he was like, oh, I don't like this. Yes. And then he was getting quite shouty about it. And it was like, so now you know how it feels when, you know, yeah. that, that, that can, and we'll come on to it with a couple of other posts further, further in the, in the, the podcast tonight. There's a couple of times where it's just like, you need to do something about that. You know, that whole mob mentality does. The mob mentality of the internet. Yeah. Does. I don't know. It's just it's very vocal on Twitter at the moment. It's it's a it's, it's a more negative place than a positive. I think it can yes. be hard to. I think it's going to be hard to change that. Um, but I, I, considering I was dead against them doing anything, it's like I don't mind this. The the other thing is it's it's a section on its own at the top of your stream, and once you get past that section, uh, if you've got it turned on, then you're immediately into a chronological list yeah. of tweets. So so it's it's only like a it's like a header above the the mainstream. So it it feels it doesn't feel dirty to me that no. it's not changing and altering your whole stream. Like you'll no. never get the chance to see the chronological stream. It's just moving it a bit further down. Well, it would feel dirty as if it felt like there was almost sponsored posts within it rather than. You know, like, well, I think the sponsored post, I mean, we're going to come on to that with the next story. I think that's going to be a separate thing. I think they are going to push that to the top of your list. No, definitely. But but as I said, the, the, the what's important, a lot of the time it didn't feel very contextual to me. It felt, remember we talked about it with Twitter moments and our moments were exactly the same. So it's yes. like, you're not you're not looking at what I follow and deciding that's important for me. Yeah, how defined You've is this said, or are you doing it? UK, yeah. this is what's important. And that, that yeah. felt a bit, and that's something that will change with time i would imagine but yeah so okay yeah i agree that that's a little bit of watch this space but at least it's been done in a, a reasonable way I, as i see it anyway um but we are seeing now they are also going to um uh, add video in fact they've ads basically to the top of your stream and they're starting in america only with um videos um to try and push that as a as a, a method but basically yes that will get added to the top of your screen for up to a week um, and then you have to scroll past it to get to your content. Feels a bit invasive. It's inevitable. I know. It's a bit like when video came to Facebook and then it came Instagram and they said, well, we want autoplay. Oh, no, we will autoplay. Oh, yes, and we will turn that sound on. And I mean, Instagram is now, is that, I think it's every 10th picture. It's like a, yes. an ad and it's like, oh. Yeah. And, I would rather uh, pay. Again, it's, it is inevitable. Cash. It is inevitable. Um, it's going to happen. It's something. It's a bit like every single video, you know, like gaming sites and stuff. Every single video's got an intro, outro uh, that you can't skip. So it's a bit annoying, but you kind of accept it as the that's what you're what's paying for me being on this website. But and I don't, consuming I don't mind in a half hour video or a, even like twenty minute video. But see when it's a one minute or two minute video and you've got a one and a half minute ad at the start, it's frustrating. Yeah, it, it bugs you, and especially anything you can't skip, it does bug you. Yeah. And and it has made me turn off. So they they obviously will lose, um, co- you know, consumption of their content. But it's the it's the trade off, and I, I think people have to, you know, people are going to have to accept it because there's no no getting around it really. Anyway, that will come that will be rolled out to other markets um, in the future. But at the moment, it's US only, so it's not affecting the UK. Um, and they've also announced that they're actually, you know, unlike our berating a couple of weeks back, they're actually making quite a lot of money now. Um, so so all this is working to earn the money, but they're investors are still unsure about it because they're still not seeing the growth in user numbers um but still those users are now generating them a lot of money 
Yeah, so they're making tons of money, but um, they actually saw a decline in monthly active usage in quarter four. So that's clearly why they're having to, they're, they've been forced to make a change. It's not even that it's a slow, because even it was a slow and steady growth. And I know that's not what an investor wants, but as a platform, you think, well, nice stable platform. And, and I do think Twitter is an important platform. I know other people are like, ah, rubbish. But, but it's it's all in, it, it's everywhere. I don't see an alternative to Twitter. So there's lots of people saying, you know, well, I can do without it. And it's like, well, I'm not so sure. It's... Every every news channel, every yeah, you know, any any book you pick up, it's always got a hashtag, always got a Twitter address. You know, it's Facebook, Twitter. They're still the two major. Yep. Okay. And when I see a hashtag, I don't know how you feel. When I see a, a hashtag, I think Twitter. Whereas I know Facebook have got them as well. And oh, some they... people are saying, well, the hashtag applies anywhere. But it it kind of does, but it's still for me it's equates to Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. They were the first ones to roll it out, or the the users of Twitter were the first ones to roll it out, and they kind of took it on. Um, they've also um been a bit more vocal in, I guess, again trying to sort of placate some of this, the, the some of the bad criticism they're getting. They've been a bit more vocal about kind of the number of accounts they keep blocking because of uh, terrorism and terrorist activities, and they reckon they've now blocked in excess of uh, 125,000 accounts. Uh, some of them bots, some of them real people, some of them you know just you know accounts that were there that 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 were distributing content that they could consider to be bad um and they said they can't do this via um algorithms they have to do it on a judgment basis and they are working through that my you know the, the, how do you work through that 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 minefield but they're, they're trying to get that sorted yep so they've now got anti-terror teams which seems crazy yeah it's mad to think if, when you set up a business i know like twitter you don't expect to have to have a team that's anti-terrorism do and you? it's the same with i mean facebook and google they've got their, their, their kind of adult content teams and the child pornography yeah. team you know it's, it's horrendous you, you don't want to think about these things because it's, it's it's like oh you know keep away but unfortunately these companies have a certain amount of responsibility and this is this is one of them and yeah and they're saying you know we're standing up to that so um I say, I think, I think they were doing this anyway. You don't suddenly delete that many accounts overnight. Uh, it's just that I think they felt they now have to put numbers to it to try and sort of placate some of the criticism uh, they're receiving. The cynical in me was like they put this story a week before the numbers came out, and I'm sure this was just like, yeah, we've killed all these accounts and look, we're flatlined, but really, we've not. <laughs> yeah, yes, we had to shut down those accounts and look, we're making a lot of money. Please stay with us, please, please. Um, they've launched GIF search as well on Twitter, so you can now while away your hours watching GIF images on twitter i am relieved on a number of fronts one that there's a native gif search well done two <laughs> that you actually said gif and not gif because i can't still believe that it's an argument i know the guy who who's behind gifs pronounces it gif but he's wrong <laughs> he made it wrong and thirdly <laughs> i'm even more impressed that an apple ad for iphones this week they mentioned gif search because see if they'd said gif search that would have been all over the internet <laughs> as being wrong of course it would but it's it's a hard G. Guess. No, they it would they would have been lauded as being the people that save you that saved the the correct terminology for GIF. I, I look forward to the March event and Johnny Ive talking about his his new designed iPad and his sleek new little iPhone and the the fantastic GIF search that they've built in. Um, more Twitter. Stephen Fry. There is two, only two more Twitter stories. But we nearly we are nearly there, and this was a story. This again passes the Radio Four test. It was on. Um, <laughs> so Stephen Fry quit Twitter after over a. He basically did the BAFTA in um, comparing and made a joke about a lady who came on stage, and he said she looked a bit like a bag lady, uh, and. 
people on the internet got up in arms, absolutely offended, um, demanded that Stephen Fry apologised. He pointed out that he was actually quite a good friend with this lady and really she had got the joke. It was all fine. Um, but no, the internet was offended on behalf of everyone um, and it it pissed him off, I guess, is the, <laughs> the end result. And he's finally in his long on-off relationship with Twitter, which I'm sure will come back on again at some point. He has decided he would leave. So the thing is, what he said wasn't that bad, right? So I was watching it, and at the time I was like, ooh, it was just it was out of context. Because the things he usually says are kind of, it pokes a little bit of fun. But the way he came out and said it was very, you know, you'd think the most successful, you know, costume lady in the world would come to this event dressed as a bag lady. And even in the audience, <laughs> you could hear people like, oh, oh. Everybody's laughing. It was like, that feels a bit harsh. But, but clearly, clearly, A, he knew her. B, it wasn't that bad. And also, see if you look at like, what Ricky Gervais does at, at the other award ceremonies. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I mean, this was tame. Let's put it. This that was way. nothing. Um, and, I, and it's just back to the mob mentality. The whole of the people, you know. The problem is, right? You get a soundbite from so you, some something like that happens. It's like the uh, the doctor who was um, basically told to give back all his awards because he had made a misogynistic joke about women in the science community all just bursting into tears. Uh, and it was taken all out of context. Um, he was chased, chastised, and abused left, right, and centre. And it's because, on from if you if you're given that soundbite that Twitter enables, you you get given the words that were said um, with no context around them, and it, it happens everywhere. It's it's the Daily Mail. Oh, how can you say that? And you know, it's that immediate. You can't be seen to accept that no. statement because it sounds fundamentally wrong and, and, or and also, sounds potentially wrong. But go back 10 years and you think the world went in. So 10 years ago, this could have been done and it would have been outrage in the sun and the Daily Mail and all the usual mm. trash. But that would have been it. Where, yeah. you know, could, could you have imagined a platform where you could talk to, you know, yeah, so, so 10 million people all telling you. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And and while that's good and there's a positive effect and they, they can put their message out and their brand out and do all that kind of thing, at the same time, you've got, you know, I'm saying idiots loosely, but you've got the idiots out there. It's just like, I can talk to anybody any way I like because what are you going to do about it? The internet is a force for good and a force for bad. And oftentimes it's unclear as to which is which. Uh, and, you know, and I'm sure that, I'm sure that Mr. Fry has jumped on the bandwagon and criticised someone for a statement being well, made. Clearly, well. he, and now he's on the receiving end, so it's annoyed him. You know, clearly at a time he, he was feeling sensitive about it and therefore he just decided to delete his account. I mean, he, he, was, he was basically telling everybody to, to get to F. He was, he was very upset. And the next day he did leave. And on his blog he, he said to leave that metaphor, let us grieve at what Twitter has become. And I think, I think some of the words he used were a bit OTT, but I think it touches on this feeling no, about Twitter. I, I thought moment. he was very eloquent, as he no, should be. But I think there's a, there's a kind of feeling that Twitter has, it's, it's veered from the, you know, this, this, this amazing place and the amazing opportunities that it presents to a, there's a stench about it at the moment and, and there's a negativity about it. And, it. and what he said, a stalking ground for the sanctimoniously self-righteous who love to second guess, elect to conclusion and be offended, worse to be offending on behalf of others that do not even know. It's as nasty and unwholesome a characteristic as can be imagined. And then he's going on about the other the other areas that get targeted. Um, with Twitter, and then he finishes, with Twitter for me at least, the tipping point has been reached and the pollution of the service is now just too much. Yeah, and he even self-argued, he said, but that's only a, far, a small minority, he said, yes. It only takes one poo in a swimming pool to stop you drinking the water. And it's true. It, I mean, it's the vocal minority. And that's that comes on to the next story. So I didn't, I didn't post too much in the story, but I think it's just to put it out there. 
Um, but Randley Harper, so she's she's been one of the targets on um, Gamergate that's, that's still mm-hmm. rumbling on. Is it? Yeah. It's horrendous. Um, and she did a, a, a really good post, put it out in Medium, which was just, you can do all these things and they don't take a lot of engineering hours to really help people that get abuse. Um, you know, and it was just some basic things. Allow users to mute all replies from a tweet. Add an account option to verify unique phone number. Stop talking about banning IP addresses. It's dumb, and here's why. And then a whole load of, I mean, there was, I think it was, was it 23 points? Yeah, 23 points about here's all the things you can do that aren't a lot of engineering manners that would really help the service. It would really help clean it up. Um, Jack picked it up about six, seven hours later because everybody was retweeting us and saying, this is fantastic. And he said, this is a great post. I've passed it to the team. We're on it. We do want to help. Yep. And that's the kind of difference. You, I'm sure they won't deliver a, you know, a, that man. You know, they won't deliver point by point. But there's things they can do, and obviously the game. No, because community. anytime they're going to be deleting accounts, you know that that's sensitive subject right now. Yeah, and and the gamergate community obviously are looking at this and going, you can't listen to that, whatever, 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 because they're just they're, everybody's so blinded by that whole debate. It's horrendous. Mm. But um, they need to do something. They need to do something. Another massive news story this week. So Apple has been asked to um, <clears throat> slacken the security of its phone so that the Federal Bureau of Investigation can actually get access to um, a terrorist's phone. Um, and Apple have actually come back and said, no, I'm not willing to do this. Uh, and they've wrote, written a letter to... Um, generic. They've written an open letter to their customers saying, look, we've been asked to do this. We understand this is for you know a very emotional cause, and and we can see why we're being asked, but we can't do this because it's going to reduce our encryption for everyone. It's going to allow hackers to get at your data and attack it. Um, that's why we're saying we don't want to do it. Um, and they were quite eloquent in in the words they chose. Again, made it clear that although they accept in this case, they can understand why they're being asked to do this. What they can't do is give them what they want because it will just reduce. The, your your phone security going forward. This is a really difficult one. I mean, and and for Apple to pick this fight is very interesting because, as you said, it's a it, it's not a it's not like a you know somebody's robbed somebody or somebody's done something or you know some evidence in a you know like a divorce proceedings or something. It is a really major trial. Um, it involves terrorism. You know, so all the kind of big you know, hot button topics. But I I feel this is like it's almost like Tim Cook's defining moment. You know, this is It could be, yeah. I am, it could be everyone's and to be honest, if yeah. they're willing to take this fight, I am it could be everyone's to make a stand against the US government. It's too far. We're not going to do this. Here's the reasons why. And and straight away loads of, of right wing press are are now gunning for Apple. You mm. know, even in the UK, I saw a story today that the, the family, was it Lee, Lee Rigby, you know, was, who was beheaded? You know, I know how mm, the, yeah. the guy in London, um, the family have come out and say, how dare you, Apple? You know, it's, it's, that's what I mean. They've picked such an emotional topic for people. Yeah, and, and, and that's probably why the government also, you know, Did using it, it as leverage. And I, to, I think it's very cynical from the US. To me, they have picked something that they think, right, Apple, you've been, you've been standing up to this so far. You can't stand up to this. And they've come out and done it. So, well, Apple, again, Apple clearly stated that in every way that they can help, they have helped. Yes, uh, they've so complied with any you know subpoena, 
request for information that they can. But what they're not willing to do is reduce the security of their phone specifically so that it can be hacked by the the in the FBI. Um, and and they even say that it's a difficult decision for us. And uh, yeah, you're right. He, he, you know, it's going to upset a lot of people. Um, but also, I still suggest that those people still don't know the actual implications of that because, you know, once, like they say, once they weaken it for one, they weaken it for everyone. And it was a very, I mean, the, I mean, the, the post was put up and it's apple.com slash customer letter and it's a message to our customers. And as you said, they have pointed out, you know, they're shocked and outraged by this. Um, you know, they've made, you know, Apple complies with subpoenas and search warrants. They've made people available and um, they've got respect. But what they what they pointed out, now the US government have asked us for something we simply do not have and something we consider too dangerous to create. They have asked us to build a backdoor to the iPhone. And there's lots of debate about this now. So the White House come out and said, I've not asked for this. But there's lots of people saying, yes, they have. And it's now down to legal interpretation from from what i'm reading today some people are saying it is they've asked for the back door and other people are saying no it's not and apple are wrong um, and what's interesting is the amount it, it, it was a kind of slow response at first so the the you know government came out with their with their statement and i think within the hour apple would put this up and there wasn't a lot of response but eventually you're seeing um, mozilla and um, a few of the other big tech companies come out and eventually sundar Pichai tweeted um overnight last night that has felt well it was good to see google were backing it it was a bit woolier you know it was like you know apple are right and that this could lead to something rather than it will lead to something so apple are saying once we do well, I think, this i think what apple right i think why the government's saying this isn't what we've asked apple to do because the what the government has actually asked apple to do is is upload a bit of software that weakens the the, the brute force attack onto sorry, the the protection against brute force attack onto this one particular phone. And what Apple are saying is in order to get that what that software onto that one particular phone, they have to loosen off how you get software onto those phones. Um and and where does it stop? Are they going to ask then for this to be uploaded to any phone that they they and basically they said once we enable this bit of software to get on there, there's nothing to stop a hacker who has got your phone in their possession also putting their bit of broken software on there which does exactly the same so they're saying that okay in this particular case they're saying we only want to put it onto that one phone but we can't do that without opening that same back door to every single phone that exists so as soon as a hacker has access to a physical phone they will be able to use this same technique Um, and they don't want to do that for the very reason and that's why there's that from one side saying the government we only want it for this one phone on this one particular device and apple saying i can't do that because it weakens everything and then People in the middle who don't really know the ins and outs of this don't know who's telling the truth, really. And it's, and it's bizarre. So so they, they, they kind of finish off. So rather than asking for legislative action through the Congress, the FBI is proposing an unprecedented use of the All Writs Act. And I'm, I'm reading this and thinking, fine. But this is an All Writs Act of 1789 to justify yes. an expansion of its authority. Well, um, when when we had all that Edward Snowden stuff and all the kind of leaks and stuff like that, they were <clears throat> the the rules that were being used for, for our security services to try and um, to to say how justify what they'd been doing were again similar things way back when. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a little bit murky to say the least. Shall we? Yeah. So so right now it feels well done, well done for standing up to this because uh, uh, nobody else looks to be reasonably doing it at the moment. If it 
put it this way if it was your family and you saw this mega corporation with all that money it's blocking the ability of an investigative uh, investigation uh, i think you'd probably have a different view right i think that and that's where the different you know angles are but this is but this is where it becomes really difficult it's the same with the uk government's attempts to you know do we you know do we have access to everybody and, and all the data in the uk to find the you know hundred odd people it. that are doing wrong yeah, I've said it many times. I don't believe we should. No, I don't believe that uh, the government should be there surveying every single, you know, it's one of the things that we laud ourselves about not being. I think we said that so many times, you know, you look from China to England, England to China, and you work out that there's not much difference anymore. And I, and I, still, and I still have the view that, that, that ultimately it's not, it's, it's not going to be terrorist data that people are going to find, you know, in general. They will have other ways of communicating, not just a standard, you know, Android uh, iPhone. Exactly, they've they've got software and available to them, and they know very well about them. That it's nothing to do with these generic bits of software. They're all on yep. Twitter. What one about? Uh, Error fifty three has also been another Apple story this week. Um, got built up into big hiatus and has been knocked down a bit recently. Um, basically, this was people who had previously had their phone updated or fixed by uh, a non Apple technician. Um, were suddenly upgrading to the latest version of iOS and it was bricking their phone with a, a message of error 53. Um, error 53 was a mess and basically, basically couldn't, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't use the phone. It was bricked. People went into the Apple stores and they got told that there's nothing you can do. Uh, this phone is useless and will not come back to life. Um, so you'll just have to buy a replacement. Um, it's been updated a little bit more recently. Apple have released a, an apology said it was never supposed to make it out and it was never supposed to have this effect it was a the error 53 is a factory uh, message to make sure that the, the phone's been put together correctly um and they are releasing a patch over the I, um, itunes update method method which will allow anyone with an error 53 um, phone to go and release it again although them releasing it and making it functional again does not reactivate the touch sense um because that their, their, their argument is it's been tampered with by, uh, and therefore it can't do what it should do, which is protect your phone. So, thankfully, it looks like it's all as well that ends well because the initial story was pretty horrendous. Then that you know you had to get your yeah. phone fixed, and by the way, I'm just going to stop your phone working. Yeah. So, so, and and, and yeah, and it, th- just to be clear, the phone could have been working for months since the repair. Yeah. Um, on the older version of, uh, of of iOS, but as soon as they updated it to the latest version, that's when this Era 53 came in. And that um, was a bit that was a bit smelly. It was like, if if that if, if this was some sort of policy, then it should have been getting, you know, uniformly applied rather than just, you know, this 921 update, all of a sudden Brexit. Yeah, so the, it's unclear whether that was deliberately just to go and see how wide this thing was. I doubt it was. You uh, cynic. You, I know, you kind of, you kind of, think that it would be an, would have been an accident anyway yeah. but it, it it's also a bit murky when you know you charge so much for an official uh fix when you can go and get it done the local repair shop for uh, quite a few quid less good old uh, apple tax yeah exactly uh anyway so i think that story tidied itself up but it was it was a story during our period away 
Um, and another one, um, another big story was Facebook got banned or Facebook basics got banned in India. Yeah, so this is Facebook's a service where they're offering the internet for free on uh, mobile devices, but it's a limited internet in that they define what can be accessed and what can't be accessed. Uh, and India have taken a stand against it and said, no, this goes against net neutrality. Uh, we can't have people offering different tariffs based on their version of the internet. The internet should be global and unrestricted and if you want to sell in our country then you must uh, you must offer the, the internet as a whole good job india yeah uh, you know it's 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 one of those give take things right there's obviously a reason that facebook are doing this um they're obviously offering a service that isn't available to the majority of people in india because it costs so much uh, yet it's you know this this like I say there will be people that now won't be able to get any internet access who could have had access under this this process um but india said no we don't want that you know that you know give us a little taste of what the internet is we want the whole thing or nothing i, I, know, like, I know what you're saying but but I, I still think it is the right long-term solution i, I agree and, and there are plenty of other countries that still have yet to make that decision about uh, and this is an interesting one because India is the first one to make that that strong stand. But it could be it's, it, other it's, uh, other places that are strongly Facebook are targeting places like Africa. So it's anywhere that doesn't really have a mobile take up. They're looking to obviously expand their numbers uh, and say that the way they're trying to do this is by this free offering. Um, it looks like they might have to rethink that. And, and to me, they were just going after of growing. You know, Western Western countries are, are basically saturated. You know, they've they've, they've got them. They've got their two billion users. How yep, many is done. you know? They've done. They've done the Western world. Um, Amazon have uh, taken a bit of another turning left at the traffic lights. Um, they've bought uh, a development engine called Lumberyard, which is a games development engine. Um, and basically, this is they're claiming a, an engine capable of producing AAA titles, and and it has had some. It's been used across some, you know. Well, it's, next gen consoles. It's a Cry engine, you know. So they've licensed it from Crytek. Mm-hmm. So it is like a pucker, you know, triple A game engine. Um, and it has been yeah, it's been used on next gen. Yes, and successfully so. Looks, it's been looking pretty. Um, um, and the thing is, it's free. Yes, so they're they're offering it free, which again, in Amazon terms, means it kind of locks you into their infrastructure because they have made it so. If you want to use back-end infrastructure, things like networking, um, dedicated servers, then you're tied into the AWS service, the Amazon Web Services, which it makes a lot of sense. And so they're hoping that that's, that's going to be where they earn the money. So on these big titles, which have, you know, um, you know, online gaming, stuff like that, they, they will be going through the AWS network. Um, but it's it's certainly, I mean, compared to, the say, something like, um, what's the big one? The Unreal Engine that... That costs mega bucks for for your licenses on that. Well, I think um, I think last year they all kind of dropped their prices quite a bit. So there was a I think remember we covered one of the big. It wasn't like the big game show, but there was a kind of more kind of developer focused one. And I think all the three or four big engines had brought out new updates and also said price wise we've, we've cut them down. And we have seen things like Unreal Engine going into Xbox arcade type titles and the PlayStation um, arcade type net- network. And, and that would only happen when those prices came down. So we have seen yeah, an increase in quality of those kind of lower end titles. And, for sure. and don't forget Amazon bought Twitch, so they've got Twitch integration. Um, it's going to come soon with Oculus Rift integration. You know, so as a, as a game platform, 
Twitch, yep, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's, it's a nice a nice comb- combined approach there going on. So as Amazon tends to do very well, they put a you know top to tail approach that gives you an end to end solution. Um, so good for them. There you go. Uh, and finally, um, Runkeeper. It's been bought by Asics. So Asics. So Asics, the running shoe manufacturer or running equipment manufacturer um, based from the Middle East. Um, but they've now bought Runkeeper to try and keep in um, with the kind of Nike uh, and Adidas um, and Under Armour. And, of- and the reason, it was a kind, of, like a kind of side note, if you go back five, six years probably a bit longer now so when iphone was taking off and there was lots of these you know running apps it became such a big thing and they were all independent they've almost all been bought you yeah, know? yeah so it's runkeeper was one of the big ones as well really it was it's, it's still got a got a good name space as in people call it runkeeper they they kind of even when it's not runkeeper i think it was one of the last independents because most of the other ones had been bought up you know so the run runtastic had been bought um, uh, Under Armour had bought others. My Fitness Pal's been bought. Endomodo has been bought. You know, so all these other ones that were independent had built up massive user bases. Were all like, oh, I'll have you, I'll have you, and it's you know Nike and Adidas and Under Armour were doing all these buying because it's like, well, we've tried to make our own. It's just not worked. Uh, just go and buy somebody. So as Asics said, they from the end user standpoint, not not much will change. Not much. So that's something that will change. But basically, it's we it's been a kind of free a premium a freemium sort of service, hasn't it? For a while, it's so. flipped. It used to be it used to be a run keeper free, and then it was a paid app. Mm. So you paid seven or eight pounds, which back in the day was a lot of people were like, Ooh, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of went free for everything, and then they started bringing in things like you could get an elite subscription, which yes. gave you better training modes and gave you better They've options. pretty much been through the, the full gambit of uh, <laughs> pricing models, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, so long as the service doesn't change for end users, I don't see them running away. They, they have said they're not going to rebrand it or anything. It's going to stay Runkeeper and it's just going to have tied into their own product range. So, um, you know, I'm not, I don't feel that sad. <laughs> I feel happy for the people they've made some money. No, absolutely. It. it was more just that I, I felt more sad as a general that it's, it's like most of the Good independent Everything's apps. coming with strings rather than these separate things. But, they, yeah. you know, if, if I was building an app, I'd want some big corporation to buy it from me. That's that's kind of the end goal of a lot of these companies that get set up, right? That's what they're aiming for. Yeah, that just shows you why you're not Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> with, yes, true. Um, I'm really not. <laughs> so, that is the end of our two weeks worth of news. I hope it's been enjoyable. It's been fun for me. Has it been fun for you, Ian? It's been fantastic, Chris. I haven't got a pick. I do. Have you? Yeah. Pick away. Rocket League. Ah, yes. Rocket League on the Xbox. So this came out last year in the PS4. Many, many people got it in the PS4 because it was free because they did it as part of their PS Plus subscription service. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, what a what a, what a giveaway. The game is fantastic and it came out on Tuesday for the Xbox. So It must be one of the most played free games on PlayStation history. <laughs> but, but even even I see if it came out and it was forty quid, I still tell people to buy it. And it's it's fifty I think it's fifteen ninety nine on Xbox One. Yeah. I think I had a look the other day. It's something just, like that. It's 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 surprisingly enjoyable. Surprisingly enjoyable. Because so. I, I gave it short thrift at first. I was like, well I'll download it because it's free. I remember when you did download it, and it, in fact, someone like I think one of our mutual friends said, "Oh, it's great," and then you played it, and it was like, "No, it really is." And then Jasper, about... Jasper said it was great. Yeah. 
But then about Jasper, four of you ended up playing it repeatedly night after night after but, night. But Jasper bless him. Every game he buys is great for a day. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> He was right about this one though. Yeah. And um so there was myself, Jasper, Kev and Bomb. And you repeat you've just played it loads. Yeah. But 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 they did it really well. I mean we were even buying content, which I never usually do. I was buying content just because I felt I, I want you guys to have some cash because you, you really shouldn't have given this away. Yeah. So there you go. That's, and, and that's I, a pricing but, model that not many of them manage. And the other, I mean, another game I've done that was Golf Club. I, I've got mm-hmm. no interest in like, oh, it was like a season's mode and all that. I don't care. But but you've made a fantastic game which has got week in, week out. Just, just you know, because it's all user-driven courses, it's, fin- you know, it's phenomenal. Um, have, Endlessly variable, yeah. Just have a, have a bit more cash, guys, because this is fantastic. So there you go. Rocket League. Rocket League. for the week. Thank you very much. So if you want to find out any more about us, what we do, who we are, blah, 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 digitaloutbox.com. And you can talk to us via email, info at digitaloutbox.com and Twitter, digitaloutbox. If you want to speak to us individually, I am Cheesy UK on Twitter. And my racing blog for all my racing stuff is academyracer.co.uk. Uh, Ian, what about you? Uh, blog is Ian.net and Twitter is Super. Thank you very much. And um, we will talk to you next week, probably. Goodbye. Boom. Let's go play Halo.